America. My name is Amir Yosef Frimpong. Today is going to be a little bit hot. So we're going to talk about why I'm not for submission in marriage, nor am I for single-family uh, single households. And usually the people who are pro-submission are against single-family households, or the people who are pro-single-family households are against submission. I'm against them both, and I'm going to give you the reasons why. This is all going to come down to the culture of unaccountability that we've kind of grafted onto conventional womanhood in the United States because the gender ideology and in the West in general, because the West is kind of a colonial artifact and the gender ideology we've grafted onto womanhood in the West needed women to be victims in order for us to legitimize the violence and exploitation of other men. We needed to kill native Americans. We needed to enslave black people. Uh, in the U.S. and then once after the Civil War, it needed to be legitimized. And how do you legitimize the violent exploitation of a whole other people? Well, you have to say they're coming to uh, their predators, they're bad people. And once they're predators, then we can legitimize violence against them. So that's how women functioned in the colonial project and in the United States and the racial project in particular. They were the trigger to legitimize violence against black people, which is why the gender ideologies are actually different across the globe. But everywhere there's an in-group and an out-group, you'll find, you'll see how gender is used in order to legitimize uh, um, violence against the out-group by saying that they're a threat to in-group women, right? But in places where there isn't that same sort of dynamic, or for example, nature is the big problem, not other, um, other, other men, there's going to be a different gender ideology. Now, there'll still be a division of roles, but you're not going to see women being eternal victims in the same way because they're victims of like nature, which means that you don't need to legitimize your violence against it, which means like, you'll have women who are women and men who are men and they'll have different roles, but women won't be infantilized, which is one reason why women in the West and the United States in particular and aspire to a quality of infantilization, which is like unbecoming of women just about anywhere else. <laughs> like, um, say what you want. Say what you want about, you know, women outside the United States. You won't find the same level of infantilization. Of a, someone said, a what is it? A fifty-year-old American woman is like a nineteen-year-old French girl <laughs> in terms of, of infantilization. But but it's because of the racial project in the United States and especially in the South, right? And this is very anywhere you have racial strife, you're going to have kind of degraded gender commitments because the gender commitments emerges in order to legitimize the violence against a subordinate race. Not, um, I'm sure I've done videos on this before. Look, you can, um, you can read Tommy Curry's The Man Not. You could uh, uh, Mary Louise Newman's White Women's Rights. You can read, jeez, uh, any anti-colonial. Like, it, it, they kill the men first. They kill the men assimilate take over the women and that's that's like a lot of what a lot of our norms around gender in the united states have emerged around what was needed to legitimately terrorize outgroup men right black men right so this also so 
but uh, one unfortunate aspect of that is we've uh, we've created um, a version of womanhood that has people aspire to be wholly unaccountable. So we have an unaccountable womanhood, <laughs> a completely un uh, 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 an infantilized womanhood that creates unaccountable women who are like who are you know. Now we have to deal with relationships. Now, how do you deal with relationships of unaccountable women? Well, you either rule over them and expect them to submit, or, or you just like have to deal with their tyranny, which is why you have single parent households because women just kind of divorce when they feel like it. Uh, they want to like anyone who tells you that divorce isn't bad for the children is just lying to yourself. That's just cope. Of course, it's bad for the children, and I'll go into that in the second. And you could say, well, I was in an abusive relationship. That's got to be worse than the children than the divorce. No, it's not. And were you really in an abusive relationship? Or was it just someone you just disagreed with how they were parenting? And so you called it abuse. And then you look back and say, like, maybe you didn't know what you knew, what you thought you knew. So it turns out that you were the one who was a bad parent. And it would have been better off for the kid had you worked it out. <laughs> right? So a lot of... A lot of uh, we excuse women from their bad choices and their bad decisions, and that's because we've infantilized an entire gender, right? And now people are saying, like, well, we can't have this infant gender that we've created now makes, like, horrible decisions when they're left alone. So we have to, when they come into marriage with other people, they need to submit to them because we can't trust them to make decisions on their own because they're emotional. No, we can't trust them to make decisions on their own because we've created a culture of womanhood that is fundamentally infantilized, right? So what we need to do is create a different culture of womanhood where women can accept responsibilities. And so when people say they want submissive partners, it depends. It depends. Some people are actually serious about that and they just think that women are like born infants and can never grow up, right? Other people say that because they don't have a language for saying they just want someone to be with someone who can collaborate and women who think that they're independent, that means you don't have to collaborate, right? So this myth of independence is not a responsible dependence which is what parenthood is, which is what familyhood is. It's all a responsible dependence. This independence means I shouldn't have to collaborate, which means they're bad at collaborating. And when have these women had to collaborate? They don't collaborate on the, on the workforce because when they collaborate in the workforce, they're, they're in subordinate positions, right? So either, like workplace dynamics and don't work in the, in the family, right? So if you're in a subordination, subordinate position, you're not collaborating. And if you're a boss, you're not collaborating. But in a family, you have to collaborate. So when do these women learn how to collaborate? They don't. So you get the independent woman who doesn't know how to collaborate or the submissive woman who doesn't know how to collaborate. And all the forms of just not knowing how to collaborate um, with other people. And take collective, because with collaboration means collective agency and collective um, uh, responsibility. And you can say there's, well, I mean, there's no such thing as collective agency and collective responsibility. And I'm telling you that if you actually believe that, then you don't believe in democratic governance. Because democratic governance presumes the ability to govern collectively, right, through institutions. Now, some of those institutions will be institutions of communication. Some of them will be an institution culture of sharing power. If you don't believe that uh, collective governance is a thing, then you are not, 
um, you, you don't believe, you, you just don't believe in, in, that, in getting democratic governance, right? So I'm going to do a new thing where I'm going to start reading super chats. I hear that's something people do and people like. So if you want me to respond to you real quickly, I got the window open. I'm going to read super chats. So give me a super chat and, 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 and I'll read them out loud in the air and probably respond to it if I find it provocative. Now, um, so I'm against submission because I think it infantilizes women. And I don't want my daughter to be in a, a marriage where she submits, but I do want her to be responsibly dependent on her partner, which means she needs to pick a, pick a partner who's actually, who is respectful and, and can like collaborate with her. And I need her to have a disposition that, that's collaborative, right? And go ahead and subscribe to the, um, page and also ring the notification bell because you want to know when i drop the news and by the way this what you're getting right now is better than a lot of marriage counseling that people pay for so next time someone wants to pay for marriage counseling just send them to this video right here i'm just going to tell you what it is a family is about co-determination between equals and but that means each person has to take responsibility for the action that's arrived at and needs to have a collaborative disposition right? There is no final say between adults. We work it out. And just like there is no final say in sex, <laughs> you work out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Someone says that submission isn't even what a lot of men or black men are asking for. Submission isn't what a lot of black men are asking for. They're asking for collaboration. But if you're taught to be independent and strong, you don't even know how to collaborate. You know, like you don't like you just think you should be able to do what you do and anything that, that anyone who says that you're bad at your job is being abusive and make no mistake. A lot of people, a lot of parents are bad at being parents. We can say fathers don't know how to be fathers. We can't say that mothers don't know how to be mothers. But if you're willing to collaborate, that means you sometimes you have to learn that just because you gave birth to a child, you don't know how to be a mother. It's very complicated to raise a kid into a quality of world um, into the United States. Right. It's very complicated. Uh, to raise a kid who's culturally attuned to, you know, make their way in a broken world that is the United States. Not only make their way, but improve the world, right? Because you don't want just kids who, who, who fit into a broken world. You want kids who the world is improved because, at least I do, um, the world is improved because uh, that they're in it. Right? You want people who improve the world, not just kind of profit from it. it especially, you don't, you don't want people who profit from its destruction, uh, dysfunction. By the way, if you're profiting at all from what I'm telling you, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in $5, 15 or $50 a month so that I can keep kind of dispensing the quality of wisdom that you've come to appreciate um, in these times of woe and want. Right? So what I want to say is that people who either argue for submission or argue, or argue against submission, you have to watch out because either way, they are arguing um, for the infantilization of women. <laughs> and then like that's, and so you don't want the, if you don't want the infantilization of women, you don't want submission. You want collaboration. But since we don't have a language for collaboration, people think of it's either independence or submission. But actually, there's collaborative uh, collaboration, teamwork, making the dream work. There is, oh, but that means mutual responsibility, which means you can't just hang it on on the guy to make all the decisions. 
and, and uh, so like if you you need to actually take your decisions like take accountability for this the family decisions that you make and i mean you need to take what you say seriously take what you think seriously by the way you know i have i have i have a hard time with people who make gender uh biologically reductive statements about gender but one 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 that really has kind of been sticking in my craw for the last few weeks is people saying well you know women are better at relationships and guys are working with things and to which i say no women are not better with at relationships they just aren't in charge of anything <laughs> so they can have relationships based on nothing and yeah so if you're not in charge of anything and you have relationships based on nothing it's going to seem like you're better in relationships because you don't fight as much and you just build relationships based on like whatever nonsense superficial women talk about but that's not being better at relationships that's just having like talking about nothing when something matters they actually fall they they get worse and more emotional and start breaking up faster right like it's easy to be good at relationships when you're not even allowed to tell someone else that she looks fat in that dress <laughs> like what the, you have your relationships based on like gassing each other up so yeah you'll be better at relationships but because like there's no stakes in your relationships like you're not exactly taking a hill uh, like, this isn't a band of brothers that's that's storming a beach that's what, like that's not the relationships that that the um that's not the so if, if women are better at relationships it's only because women's relationships are superficial and they don't have any stakes in anything that matters women are also divorced first which means that like maybe they're not that great at relationships <laughs> um divorce the, the people that they pick to sleep with so uh they they initiate divorces anywhere between 70 to 90 percent depending on college education and class and all that stuff so this idea that women are better in relationships is is nonsense and i i'm one of these guys who don't even think that there's nothing inherently better about women in terms of like parenthood i think bad mothers are just as bad as bad fathers and maybe even worse because we don't even have a language for bad mothers the way we have a language for bad fathers and we have a, we've naturalized a presumption that women know what they're doing with their children but they have no idea what to do with their children if you don't know the world if say like you think the world includes being a submissive wife and because that's what you were taught by your mother what are you going to do when you raise a son you're just going to raise either a jerk or you're going to raise him to go participate in a world that you know nothing about right so yeah i i, I like i've always i've always been a fan of of women who were accountable and who actually you know participated in the world in a way so like i i i i never expect and who took who just took responsibility and like i could work with right so i uh i'm a fan of collaborative co-determinative um relationships teamwork making the dream work you work it out you work it out and then you model for the kids working out and then you kind of like yeah i don't i didn't want anyone i could boss around and then then i like what in these asymmetrical relationships with submission what's sex like there that can't be good i bet there's a lot of spousal rape that just the only reason it's not called spousal rape is that there's no language for it um but but so that's why i'm against submission uh, because i think it's actually a distortion of the quality of freedom that can come in um, a family arrangement there's also another reason to be against submission it actually screws it up for everybody else in the world 
a culture of submission in marriage because it's not only, yeah, Mrs. Maisel's mother. That's true. Mrs. Maisel, I remember seeing an episode of, of, of The Marvelous Miss Maisel where uh, the, the comedian's mother um, liked being kind of like taken care of and she didn't realize that until she talked back to her family and they cut her off. Like she got cut off from old money. Then she realized she liked not having to make decisions for herself. Um, and because there were perks, other people were taking the hook, other people had responsibilities and, uh, it was wonderful, right? But what do I, what do I want to, how do submissive women and, and asymmetrical marriages screw it up for everybody else? It screws it up for everybody else because it's not just about the woman in the marriage. It screws up the employment market for anyone who looks like they could be in that marriage, right? What boss wants to hire someone who is going, who could at any point in time come home, come back to work and say, well, you know, my husband told me to quit. He talked about it and he prayed on it and he decided, um, uh, he decided that I should quit, right? So if we have a culture of people whose husbands can just tell their wives to quit, that screws it up for any woman in the workforce, even if they come from like, even if they're single or even if they come from like a, a collaborative relationship, right? Because what, what employer wants to invest in training someone who at any point in time can, can just... Like you, you, don't, you don't hire her, you hire her and her husband like can just come back to work and and say well um uh you know my husband told me to quit right and i said i'm going to start reading cheaper chats one super chat says teamwork making the dream work yeah that's what a marriage is it's about teamwork that's the marriage i want for myself that's the marriage i want for my daughter that's the marriage i want for my son figure out someone you can work with and that and you need to and you need to actually create the kind of people who can work with other people as equals making the dream work, right? You figure out your life together. And that's the quality of freedom you get because that's what marriage is. Ultimately, it's pledging to work it out. <laughs> it's pledging to work it out. That's the only thing you get it. But there's a peculiar kind of freedom that comes from pledging to work it out as opposed to always wanting to like give yourself, once you close, once you're, you're Cortez burning the ships, once you close off the, the, the option to leave, there's a particular kind of freedom that like we're in it together now, how do we work this out? And like, you can be creative in that. You can be, you can work it out any way you want to, as long as you guys work it out. Um, Right, and you can't work it out. One thing you can't do is you can't say, we work it out by having you make all the decisions. No, that's abdicating your responsibility to work it out. <laughs> so, um, so, that's, so that's why I'm against submission. Why am I against single family, family homes? Well, it's a little bit different, but a related argument. I'm against single family um, homes because in order to raise children, uh, single parent families in order to raise children in order to like live a life you need someone who loves you like guiding you or giving you advice everyone else has another interest your coach wants to win games right your coach isn't interested in you in the way your father or your mother is interested in you your mentor like has other interests and other issues that you don't know about 
So like, there is no substitute for a parent. Your step parent isn't your parent. Your step parent can't discipline you like a parent can. Stepfathers can't discipline like fathers can. If anything, they might be support and help for the mother, but like they can't give you an independent, autonomous perspective and enforce it. Right. And by the way, if you like anything I'm saying, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com. Kick in five, fifteen, or fifty dollars, and also click that like button and hit subscribe because I do this every week on something slightly different, right? So step parents and mentors and community actors are not, they don't have the same interests as a parent who is identified with you, right? So you're taking away one entire resource from the kid. And maybe you're taking away that resource because you don't agree with the way that resource is parenting, but you might be wrong. The number of people, it's like piano lessons, man. The number of people, I hear a lot of people who said like, man, I wish my parent didn't let me uh, uh, quit piano. I wish, it, but I played piano, then they let me quit. And now I'm 30 and I, 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 I shouldn't have been able to quit. The, there are a good number of people who I hear say like, well, when I was 30, I quit the marriage because I thought I could raise this kid alone. But now that I'm 60 and I'm looking at my 30 year old kid, I, that kid could have used a father. And it turns out I didn't know enough about being a parent. I didn't know what I thought I knew. Right. So, um, you quit something that you didn't, you shouldn't have quit. And now you've handicapped that child. You know, one thing I was at my, my, my mom quit her, her, my dad. Um, my, my mom quit my dad when I was very young. And so, like, I only knew kind of the ways my mom could be wrong up until, you know, my dad left. And after that, like, I just either had to, like, retreat into my own mind because I couldn't, I didn't have an autonomous opinion or uh, just kind of assume that she was right. And she was wrong about a whole lot. She was right about a whole lot. She was wrong about, she was human. But she, like, it's, it's just, I, I needed someone else who loved me to give me advice, but I like, like that was not functional because my dad wasn't in the house. And you know, if they're not in the house, then your authority is, is, isn't there in the same way that your authority is there when you are in the house. Um, so like my, like, so what happened was when I went to college, I had to, that's when I realized, oh, this is what people look like when they're actually well-parented. They're not just figuring it out. <laughs> like, this is actually people who have good habits because they're well-parented. And now that I have children on my own, I really did wish, I really do wish I would have had a father growing up because now I have to reverse engineer what good parenting looks like. Um, I have to reverse engineer what good parenting looks like based on what I knew of the children I went to college with, right? I have to reverse engineer what good parent look like based on the children I went to college with. My mom didn't think through that when she divorced my dad. She didn't think through like, oh, that's, this isn't really going to set him, this really, really isn't going to set up my son to be a good parent. And my mom worked several jobs. Like she was very busy. She worked three to 11. So like I, I, I went days where like I was raising myself. She, you know, she worked and delivered, but like, enculturating children to be live meaningful lives is more than just providing money. Right. So like I needed a body and I'm a body for my 
children, my, my children, um, I take fatherhood very seriously. I take parenthood very seriously. My kids are awesome. All three of them. Awesome. Um, and, uh, but I have to, I have to reverse engineer. One of the reasons I do this is one for a legacy for them so that they can watch this with their kids. I also do this so that you can be better with your children. Just in case my children have to deal with your children, I want your children to be good because <laughs> I don't need your children screwing up my children. So um, I need you in healthy marriages to produce ch good children. That way, when my children meet your children, everyone wins. Right. Um, but I have to reverse engineer what parenting is based on the children I met at college because, you know, my mom thought it wasn't important that, or it's not just that she thought um, independently, she was propagandized. It was the 80s. She was propagandized into thinking that if you're not happy, why not divorce? Or if you don't agree with your spouse, it must be because he's abusive. Right? Um, and so it turns out that like they just disagreed. My dad was like a no BS African guy who thought like actually being disciplined with your children is important. It turns out that I could have used dad. Also, you know, my sister, I love her. She could have definitely used a dad. My mom kind of didn't know what to do with her after my dad left. And so, and he was just right. He was just right. My mom was wrong. It's okay that my mom was wrong. It's not okay that she was enabled and gassed up and being wrong such that she divorced my dad. And then, like, you know, it's LA, so there's traffic. So he was pretty much out of our life. Um, and, and it costs, like, not only did it cost us material resources, it cost us the culture, right? So you need dual parents just because there are only so many people who love the child, and who are invested in guiding them. Mentors can't do it, coaches can't do it, they all have independent interests. Teachers won't do it, they all have independent interests. Nobody has interests in that child like a parent does. And you also need someone who's autonomous from your parenting because you might be wrong. And the arrogance of single parents to think that they are wise enough to do it alone and all I do is like read and think about stuff. And even I know my children need their mother. Like just because I might be wrong. Like, so the arrogance of single parents who think that they can do it alone just from a cultural standpoint. And you can say like, well, you know, the single parent might have very smart friends who they listen to. No, that's still not with the same authority and investment. Like the kids deserve an autonomous font of wisdom. Um an autonomous font of wisdom that, that you know, step-parents and friends and family friends and mentors and coaches can't, uh, can't offer. And I'll leave saying this. People say like, well, you know, LeBron's James, LeBron's, LeBron James um, was raised in a single mother, was raised by a single mother, and he did fine. Well, LeBron James was not raised by a single mother. LeBron James' mother gave him away because she knew she didn't have it in her, right? She gave him, when he was nine, LeBron James, like, went to live with a coach and, his, and the coach's functional family, right? And like Simone Biles has the same, a similar story and Gabby Douglas, like all of these successful blacks, like, um, yeah, yeah. So this idea that LeBron James was raised by a single mother and he did fine. Well, no, LeBron James is LeBron James because he was raised by somebody else. He had a family transplant. 
That's not it takes a village. It takes a village is the village supporting the parents being parents. That what LeBron James had was an entire transplant where like they took this Negro and put him in a different family because the single mother wasn't handling it. Right? That's a different, different story. Um, so LeBron James is who he was, not because of his single mother, but because of the family and the functional family that raised him. And probably, like, he didn't want to be the kind of parent who, like, was so incompetent they couldn't raise their kids, right? So, thank you for your time. The village, exactly, the village supports the family raising the child. The village doesn't raise the child. The village supports the family raising the child. Right? And this is how you win. Um, thank you for your time. Once again, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. If you appreciate what I'm doing, go to www.funkyacademic.com. Kick in $5, $15, or $50 a month. Talking like this just ticks me off from the, from the conservatives and the liberals. So, but it's the truth. And I think it's the quality of truth that we need. So I need you to support me doing this and uh, share this video around. Watch it with your family. Do this instead. You know, watch this video instead of going to church. You might learn something. Now, you know, I'm not saying don't go to church. Maybe there's one Sunday, skip church and watch this video and then talk about it instead. But um, other than that, uh, thank you and I will take care and I will see you next week.